You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Just four more days to go, man. Four more days. Four more days is correct, and um, it's getting exciting. And I put a poll out there on the Locked On Twitter feed, who's your favorite number four is of all time. And I think and I think Twitter only lets you put four categories. So I had oh, TJ Yeldon, Eddie Jackson, Tyrone Prothrow, and uh, it wasn't Marquise Mays because somebody said I should have had him. Somebody said I should have had Joey Jones. Um, it wasn't Chris Allen. I'm trying. Who else would it have been? Who, who am I forgetting? I don't know. I, I mean, you know, uh, to me, number four is 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 Yeldon, just because he's he's one of my homies from Daphne. So I got you. Yes, we you you come from Daphne too. That is that is where the comparisons between you and TJ Yeldon stop. <laughs> the similarities. Stop. Um, True. We, we are very fortunate today, number one, to be sponsored by Built Bar, but and I'll talk about them later, but number two, to be joined by Andrew Bone, who's a friend of ours, a uh, friend of the show, a uh, great American, and now published author. Andrew, how are you today? Guys, I'm doing fantastic. It's uh, it's game week, you know, finally uh, finally able to watch some, uh, some SEC football. It's, you know, it's been fun watching these warm-up games, uh, of course, in the last few weeks. Now we finally get get to see the real thing with uh with the SEC coming back into into the fold. Definitely and we want to talk about all that uh Andrew but first of all I want to let everybody know that Andrew has come out with a book uh called The Road to Bama The Incredible Twists and Improbable Turns Along the Crimson Tides Recruiting Trail. Uh the Ford is by Jay Barker and I just got a copy of the book uh, an advanced copy I guess and I appreciate that Andrew but um I'm I can't wait to read it. And I just assumed before I got the book that it was going to be stories about all these recent commitments or maybe since you've been in the industry. But the first story you have in there is about a guy who's kind of related to me. I always tell everybody from Excel, Alabama, <laughs> and that's Leroy Jordan. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it, it's kind of funny. I, I had an opportunity to um, – to write this book just because I was fortunate to, uh, well, I guess, I, I, let me start off by saying it wasn't necessarily I was fortunate. Uh, Tom Van Heeren um, was fortunate to uh, come up with a book series, and, and he created this book called The Road to Ann Arbor a few years ago. I think it released in 2018, and, and um, you know, pretty much, you know, similar, you know, similar background, similar, similar stories. He you know, wrote about Tom Brady and, and, and Charles Woodson and, and all these great um, you know, former Michigan football players um, about their life growing up and their recruitment and, and just their overall their overall journey. I don't well actually I don't think Charles Wilson was in I think I meant I meant to say Desmond Howard, but um, just a lot of great Michigan stories were in there and and it did really well. Uh, Triumph Books um, is the publisher and and uh, I think they they had a lot a lot of success with the book. Well, they decided that uh, their next book uh, was going to be on an with an SEC school and they chose. Uh, obviously, you know, the best program of all time in the University of Alabama. And I was very fortunate that they reached out to me about writing this book. And, you know, when they first reached out to me, I had kind of been thinking for the last 
you know, couple of years that I wanted to write a book. And, I, and I've covered uh, high school football recruiting and recruiting for the Crimson Tide for, you know, it's crazy. It's been 18 years now. Uh, this is my 18th year covering um, Alabama football recruiting. And, you know, kind of figured that they were contacting me about uh, writing stories on guys that I've covered, you know, guys during the Sheila years, guys during the Saban years. And, you know, when they first started talking to me, they said, you know, we won't really want you to reach out to uh, different guys that you can't find their recruiting stories on the internet. You can't go to rivals.com and, and, you know, search and, and read all the, uh, all the good, you know, stories about their recruitment and their recruiting journey and, you know, their life and stuff like that. So you know, I started thinking, okay, well, now I'm going to have to go back a little bit. So um, I'm going to have to, you know, start reaching out to some people that, you know, I don't necessarily know. Um, you know, I was, fortunate to know a few players, uh, former players like Bobby Humphrey and, um, and Dwight Stevenson just through, uh, through contacts through, through all the years of, of covering recruiting. But um, a lot of these guys I did not know. And um, so I started writing down all the, a list of names of, um, you know, the best football players of all time at the University of Alabama and, you know, who's still, who's still alive, who's going to be, you know, maybe um, interested in doing this or, you know, who can I reach out to? So I started, you know, you know, trying to follow some different people on Twitter or, uh, you know, following some people on Facebook or, or trying to find some email addresses. And, um, you know, I really kind of wrote down, I think it was about 50, maybe 60 names originally. Um, you know, these are the guys, if I can get 17, 18 guys off of this list, I'm going to be really, really happy. And, and, you know, I think it will be just an absolute home run. And, and, and of course I'm thinking at the time, I probably won't get many people off this list. I'm probably going to have to, uh, you know, go back and, and really try to think of, you know, maybe, you know, Alabama football. It's just, there's so many great players. It's, it's unbelievable, you know, how many great players have come through uh University of Alabama through all the years, you know, you know even before I was alive and, and uh, you know, really having to narrow it down. But then I started reaching out to people and, and getting confirmations and just different people telling me, yes, I'm, I'm happy to do it. And, um, you know, of course, you know, Leroy Jordan, I, I had no connection to, to Leroy Jordan at all. And um, just just happened to find an email address. And uh, I believe it was one of his sons. And, uh, and his son reached out to me and said, hey, here's his, here's his phone number. Give him a call. I think he'll be happy to do it. And, uh, you know, that was such a treat for me to you know, spend some time with him um, over the phone and uh, interview him. And, I talked to him about his life, and it was, you know, there wasn't really many people that I could speak to, you know, let's say, you know, coaching-wise, like a high school coach or a uh, or a college coach. But I, I happened to talk to Gene Stallings um, for a couple of the players uh, in the book, and Coach Stallings actually coached um, Coach Leroy with the Dallas Cowboys, so it was fun to get his uh, perspective on Leroy while while he was with the Cowboys, and uh, got a little bit of his his thoughts about him while he was at Alabama. So that was really fun and, and cool. And, um, you know, I was just very fortunate with the, uh, with the amount of players that I was able to, you know, contact and get in touch with and interview for this book. Obviously it's, you know, it started with Leroy Jordan. I believe he was in the recruiting class in 1959. And then, um, you know, it goes all the way through uh, to his recruiting class. And, uh, you know, I had an opportunity to, uh, to do, do a chapter on Tua and speak to different people uh, about his recruitment. But, you know, just getting the different people from the Bear Bryant years, um, you know, through the uh, through the Nick Saban years, it was a, it was a lot of fun interviewing those guys and just hearing, you know, just so many different perspectives and how you know the recruiting journey, you know, began for a lot of these guys because uh, as you know, you guys both know, 
uh, recruiting didn't really start for, for a lot of these guys until, you know, their senior year, or sometimes even after their senior year. And now, you know, now you got kids that are, you know, getting offers when they're, you know, just in eighth grade. Uh, you know, Dylan Moses, he, he committed to LSU when he was just a, a freshman, but that was after getting offered by Alabama and LSU and Texas. Uh, after he had just completed his his eighth grade year in uh, junior college, or not junior college, junior high school. So, uh, you know, it's crazy how things have, uh, you know, have drastically changed, uh, you know, through all the different decades. But um, but learning about all all of these guys and, and uh, you know, speaking to family members and speaking to, um, you know, coaches from, uh, from different schools who were recruiting them. You know, I, I try to get the different perspectives, um, you know, from assistant coaches who were in charge of their recruitment. Um, why they felt like they missed out on, um, you know, on Bobby Humphrey or Cornelius Bennett or, or David Palmer or somebody like that. So uh, that was a lot of fun to interview those guys and speak to them. And, um, you know, a lot of them, you know, still have relationships with each other. Um, you know, I know, you know, just, re- just recently passed away, but, um, you know, Pat Dye was such a uh, important uh, person in Cornelius Bennett's life and uh, Bobby Humphrey's life. They, you know, still talk to him um you know until his death so uh so that was a lot of fun just uh you know talking to those guys about you know uh people that i guess many would in the alabama family would consider bitter rivals but you know from a player's perspective they still just had so much respect and and admiration for those guys i I thought that that spoke a lot of volumes it is very cool um and i can't wait to dig into this i know there's going to be some interesting stories in there and i saw david palmer and my eyes lit up because he was in school when i was in school and i remember his that's probably the first real recruitment i followed very very closely and uh jimmy i know you've got some questions i need to tell everybody about built bar first built bar b-u-i-l-t-b-a-r.com go check them out absolutely delicious uh, they fill you up. Look, here's what you do. You go get Andrew Bone's book, The Road to Bama, and then you get you a couple of built bars. You sit down, you knock the book out, you've eaten well, you're not filled up, you hadn't eaten a bunch of crap, you've eaten something good for yourself in built bar. You can get caramel brownie or cookies and cream, cherry barcia, carrot cake. That's my favorite one. Um, go check them out at builtbar.com. Tell them you heard about them from the Locked On family of networks. Andrew, I'm just I'm just sort of still outraged that rivals in 1959 only had Leroy Jordan as a two star. <laughs> but but uh, what what is your what is your favorite story? I know when you write all those stories yourself, they're kind of all like your your little babies. But what what's your favorite story that you told in the book? Oh. You know, one of my favorite stories, and it was, it's probably because I had, you know, somewhat of a connection to it, was, uh, was, was speaking with Brody Croyle. Um, you know, Brody and I played high school football together, and you know, I've known Brody through, through all these years. And, you know, I'll never forget being at his, um, his announcement during his senior year. I'd never seen anything like it, and I never knew people cared that much about uh, recruiting. And, and I, was, I was two years um, younger than Brody was, um, but we were – you know, we were still close. We, you know, we played football together and, um, and, you know, we, we just had a, we had a great relationship, but in terms of his recruitment, he kind of kept that, kept it really private, you know, didn't really talk about it to, to anybody. Didn't really talk about it to any of his friends. Just, you know, I think a lot of people just kind of assumed he was going to go to Alabama, um, you know, because of his dad and, um, you know, all the pressure on him to stay in state and, 
and uh, you know certainly uh, you know all the tradition at the quarterback position. Um, so we all just kind of thought, you know, that's where he was going. He's going to Alabama, the, you know. But then, you know, with all the uh, everything that was going on with uh, uh, with the recruiting violations and going on probation, um, you just weren't sure um, exactly what he was going to do. Um, you know, then we started hearing probably, I would say, maybe a couple of weeks before his announcement. You know, we really started hearing everything about, uh, you know, Florida State and um, you know seeing you know, different people come through our high school, like, you know, Bobby Bowden and, and um, uh, Bob Stoops. I mean, that was, you know, that was really cool to see, especially with me being a, you know, I was a sophomore in high school at the time. I, I didn't know anything about, um, you know, what recruiting was really like and seeing all those guys come through. But then, you know, actually talking to Brody about, um, about everything and everything he kind of went through and all the pressure that, uh, that he had on him. And then, you know, I had an opportunity to, uh, to speak with Mark Rick, um, you know, Mark Rick was really, you know, the kind of the main factor there, which led Alabama, which led Brody to Alabama. Um, you know, Coach Rick was the offense coordinator at Florida State, and 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 Alabama, you know, everything that they were going through at the time, you know, Brody was really kind of interested in going to going to Florida State or maybe Oklahoma. He also liked Miami a lot as well, um, but he had basically made a decision that he was going to go to Florida state and coach Rick came in, they did an in-home visit. Um, they had dinner at, uh, at John Cole's house and, um, you know, Miss T they had dinner with her and, uh, and Brody and the whole family. And, you know, they were going out or he was going to Florida state. That was, um, you know, that was basically what he was going to do. And then, um, coach Rick, they asked him about the rumors that if he was going to Virginia, or if he was potentially going to Georgia, and, and he had not accepted either one of those jobs at the time. Both the jobs, had, uh, you know, were available, but uh, the jobs had not been offered to him, and he had not uh, made any decision yet. So, you know, they said, well, you know, as long as you're going to be at, at Florida State, you know, that's where we're going to go. And um, they said, can you promise us that you're going to be there for, you know, at least two or three years? Coach Rick just told him, he said, I can't, I can't promise you that. And, um, you know, that basically, you know, told them that, Hey, well, if he's not going to be there, then, uh, then we need to start thinking of somewhere else. And I think Mo coach Rick, you know, kind of gave them, um, you know, uh, told them that, that, um, you know, what they really needed to do. They, he told them, he said, we really, I, I think you need to make a decision based on not the coaching, but, you know, where you see yourself at, where you'll be happy at, regardless of football. And that really is what led him to Alabama. Um, and I think Coach Rick thought at the time that it might lead him to stick with, to go to Florida State, regardless. But uh, but I think that comment kind of pushed him over to uh, to Alabama a little bit more. And, and um, so that was a lot of fun, just kind of reminiscing with Brody, um, talking to his dad. Um, his dad actually coached me. Uh, in high school a little bit he was a defense coordinator at uh, at Westbrook Christian High School when when uh, when I was in when I was in school and and so getting to talk to him not from a coaching for you know I hadn't seen John Crowell in several years so kind of getting a chance to uh, to talk to him and talk to even talk to John about his recruitment um, in high school that was uh, you know that, that was a good little story that we we threw into the book as well but you know, Brody was a fun chapter for me personally, but, you know, talking to, um, you know, Bobby Humphrey uh, about his recruitment, Cornelius Bennett, you know, many people don't know, but Cornelius Bennett was um, was actually privately committed to Auburn 
uh, for a while. And and he told me that um, Auburn had actually recruited him. You know, who knows what would have happened when uh, when he would have stepped on campus. But uh, Cornelius Bennett was recruited by Auburn to play running back. They, they kept telling him, they said, we want you to, you know, be a one-two punch with uh, <laughs> with Bo Jackson in the backfield. Can you imagine, you know, um, Bo Jackson and, and uh, Cornelius Bennett in the backfield? You know, that would have been uh, that would have been a sight to see. But um, but he obviously, uh, I think he made the right choice and went to Alabama and obviously had a uh, unbelievable college and professional career. But you know, just so many great stories throughout the entire book. But those are, you know, those are some, certainly some that stood out and. Obviously, some of the guys that uh, that were recruited by Saban uh, that you know many people will remember, but we really dove really deep into um, what really went on with guys like Trent Richardson. You know, scaring I think every Alabama fan on on signing day when he was committed to uh, to Alabama for so long, and then held a press conference to announce the decision. I think every Alabama fan was on the the edge of their seat, or when Rashawn Evans announced for uh, for Alabama. You know, instead of Auburn on signing day, uh, about five minutes after the uh, Auburn official athletic website, you know, put out that he had uh, signed with Auburn, or um, or T.J. Yeldon flipping to uh, to Alabama, you know, in, you know from Auburn, um, you know, right before the dead period began. Those were, you know, certainly some uh, some intriguing, fascinating stories, but really kind of pulling the curtain on that and, and really going behind the scenes and just reminiscing with those guys about what really went on and and talking to different people that they're connected with and um you know obviously the uh you know different coaches who recruited them for Alabama and and against Alabama just getting their perspectives was uh was very enlightening and I think it'll um you know make a lot of Alabama fans pretty happy and uh you know it will open up a lot of eyes as well as to what really went on uh behind the scenes in their in their recruiting journey uh Andrew want to say this um you know the one thing that stood out in all that you just said was wow Brody Croyle almost went to Miami I can't think of a better place for a devout Christian to go than Coral Gable <laughs> Florida right there in Miami which is known for making people say oh my god so yeah I think that would have worked out really well for him um, that would have been interesting. I know this story, this whole book is chock full of stories like this. Uh, I want to, I want us to go ahead and take another break and do these other couple of commercials for everybody. Everybody go check out Built Bar. But uh, when we come back, I want to ask you uh, a couple more things about this book. And Andrew, if it's okay, what I think we're going to do, if it's, if Jimmy's got time, maybe we just hang on and do one more podcast about t- today's this year's team if you're okay with that it won't take very long are you cool with that yeah oh absolutely okay i'm good all right let's take a break we'll be back in just one second all right andrew uh your book the road to bama is going to be out very soon i think it's like september 27th or 28th i think i saw but um i'll let you clarify that one story I did start to read about, because this this really is one of my favorite players and probably anybody our age group uh, favorite players, is David Palmer. Um, and you did mention in the story uh, something that I knew was true because he was, he was in my class, I guess, um, was that he did have three kids in high school. And that's one of the reasons that he ended up staying closer to home uh, and going to Alabama over Florida State. It's interesting that Florida State was a main competitor for a lot of our recruits here in the state of Alabama. But uh, you have a great story about how he got to wear number two. And and I can't think of David Palmer being anything but number two 
but he it was just sort of happenstance it seems like that he got that number right yeah that's right you know i you know just from talking to david you know he was let me tell you something about david before we kind of get into that you know he was really really tough to uh to get a hold of i, I don't think he does many interviews he, he kind of keeps uh I think he keeps pretty quiet, um, you know, about his life and about his recruiting journey and and all that good stuff. But um, but you know, um, when I when I first talked to him and just from talking to him, he I think the first person who had number two when he arrived on campus was uh was was Damian Jeffries. Um, you know, they were I think they were both they were both in the same recruiting class, and uh, I think they were both uh, you know. I think if I remember correctly, David was number one uh, in the Mr. Football voting and Damian Jeffries was number two. And, um, you know, they weren't really sure if he was going to end up playing. I think when he, I think Damian Jeffries got to Alabama, he had planned on, he, he had originally planned on playing tight end and they had given right. him number two. And then, you know, it was kind of funny because I was, there was also Sherman Williams who was there. Um, Sherman Williams had just gotten there. They were, they were uh, roommates, and he had gotten a different number. I think he was number 44 uh, when he first got there. So they kind of – all of them had kind of talked together about switching jerseys. So I think that was kind of the main thing. But uh, but it was definitely, um, you know, something that was pretty interesting once we uh, once we talked because David was definitely not happy when he first got to Alabama. And he was um, – I think he was number 20 when he first got to Tuscaloosa. And, and uh, you know, everybody kind of swapped, swapped jersey numbers. But um, – but but uh, uh, but David ended up being number two, and obviously that was the re- that was kind of the reason why I ended up putting uh, putting him as chapter number two. Um, if you look at the chapters, um, it's kind of all in chronological order, um, except for chapter two, and that was uh, that was on purpose. We we had David Palmer there as, as chapter number two for for this book, so that that meant a lot to me because. Uh, you may have been a school uh, at Alabama during that time. I was uh, I'm a little younger. So I won't tell you my age, but I'm a little younger. And, um, you know, when I was young, he was certainly my favorite player and somebody that I'll, you know, I'll always remember. So it was kind of, um, you know, a big goal of mine to get David uh, as part of this book, you know, any way I possibly could. Um, you know, like I said, a lot of these guys I didn't really know, but, um, you know, some of the people that I do do, do know in this, um, you know, in this profession, um, you know, were able to, uh, hooked me up with David, um, so I'll give a shout out to Antonio Langham, who's also in the book. So Antonio was a was a big part of getting uh, David and also Cornelius Bennett uh, on board with this book. So I was very happy to to have him uh, have an assist in, in that regard. Awesome! I'll tell you this: uh, I don't think uh, saying the vent, which V I G N T, I think is French for twenty, works as well as saying the deuce. So I'm kind of glad he switched jerseys there. That really didn't have the same ring to it. Uh, but very quickly, and I know Jimmy has another question for you too. Um, first of all, I got to play basketball a lot with David Palmer back when I was in school with him, and the boy could ball. I'm talking. I mean, yeah, he's small. I mean, he he's as small as he looks on TV. But he, whatever it took for him to get over you, he was going to do that. He was just he was just a baller. He was just a great guy. And then the second story I want to tell you in that in I think in the '93 class when I was in school, um, a couple of friends and I met up with a guy named Joel Holiday. Jimmy will remember him. He was from South Carolina, and um, he was committed to Clemson. And we were having a pretty good signing class. And Joel Holiday was committed to Clemson, but he visited Alabama. 
we took him out, did all these jello shots and did all And he, he just, he said, you know what? I'm going to commit to Alabama. And we were like, Oh hell yeah. And we got him. And I don't think we heard from him again. <laughs> He came to Alabama, but he didn't do a ton. Um, I, you know, hey, sometimes it just doesn't happen. But that was my my recruiting coup was getting this guy to flip from Clemson. And, um, it, you know, I thought I'd uh, gotten the next uh, Outland winner, and it didn't work out that way, but whatever. Yeah, when they commit four of the jello shots, I think we all need to, <laughs> we all need to lower our expectations at that, True. At that point. Yeah. At that uh, point. I, think there's been a, I think there's been a few of those guys through the years. <laughs> yeah, David Palmer is so much my favorite. He is so much my favorite all-time player at Alabama, even through the Saban era and all the unbelievable lineage of superstars we've had during the, the Nick Saban era here. David Palmer will always be my favorite player. I, I, I won a, or I was part of a team that won a, a charity golf tournament that was run by Sean Alexander, and I got to know Sean a little bit. And uh, so I posed for a picture with Sean that they were going to put on the, on the website and uh, and Sean told me uh, while they were taking the picture, he's like, hey, uh, we're going to caption this picture. Jimmy Stein poses with his favorite player. And I said, no, no, don't don't do that. My favorite player is David Palmer. So, <laughs> so I even told Sean. <laughs> and then uh, Sean laughed and said, actually, David Palmer's my favorite player. So. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's a lot of people's favorite player. You know, a lot, a lot of the people that were in this book, and in, in, you know, especially the, you know, there's so many probably new age Alabama fans because of the success of the program over the last, um, over the last decade. You know, since Nick Saban's been there, and you know, uh, yeah, I, I know that there's a lot of, you know, younger fans that just, you know, may not know, uh, you know, a ton about, you know, these these older guys, and and, and I hate even calling David Palmer an older guy, but, uh, you know, a player from the '90s. You know, I won't. I want Alabama fans, even the, the the new age fans, to know about these guys and know how special they were yeah. uh, at Alabama, but also you know know about kind of their life growing up because a lot of them, you know, a lot of these guys did have some rough upbringings. Um, you know, Bobby Humphrey, David Palmer, um, you know, they they had some you know some rough lives kind of growing up, and um, you know, through everything, through all the adversity that they've they've been through, and um, you know, they, they've had a lot of success, um, you know, through football, and I think it's very important to to share that um share those stories um you know to uh you know obviously people you know that are diehard Alabama fans have been diehard Alabama fans their whole life um but also the you know the new people the new people that you know we we have so many different people who come in from from out of state to go to the University of Alabama I think over 60 percent of enrollment is you know people from out of state you know and I think uh, you know just seeing different people from uh, from New York or you know I, I saw a big list of people from Wisconsin that were coming to Alabama this fall um, and, and different parts of the country. I, I, and I hopefully a lot of those people will be able to pick up this book and, and read about um, you know a lot of this history. Uh, guys, uh, we're going to wrap this one up, and then I want you guys to stay on. Uh, after I close it out, because I do want to do another podcast, which will go out for Thursday, just to talk about this uh, iteration of the Alabama Crimson Tide. But man, Andrew, I can't wait to get in this book. You got me fired up for it. Those are some great stories, and it really did take me back. And just a couple of things: I don't, I, I know you're a good bit younger than Jimmy and I, but uh, if you've never watched that Blockbuster Bowl, where only, I mean, there were only like 17 people in the stands. But the Blockbuster Bowl in 91, Alabama against Colorado, if you want to see the very definition of a badass, 
That is David Palmer in that game. It's it's one of the greatest performances in Alabama history. And the problem is it was just a nothing bowl. So it doesn't people don't remember it that vividly. But I'm telling you, you YouTube that thing, you'll be like, oh my God, that guy was a freakazoid. Um, but guys, so that'll do it for this podcast. And we'll have another one with Andrew Bowen here in just one minute. Jimmy, roll tide. Roll tide. <laughs>